Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get Out of Rap. Today, I'm joined by Nigel Winship of Sabio, who is an award-winning tech entrepreneur, an AI expert, a well-being um, expert also, and that's what we're really going to be talking about. And also, um, now AI, I'm going to say, for the Department of Business and Trade. Um, Nigel, thanks very much for joining me today. Thanks, Martin. I don't think I've ever had an introduction quite as fantastic as that. So thank you very much. It's, it's great to be here. Thank you. You can use it on your LinkedIn profile oh, if you want. Make, I've been making notes. So, yeah. Now, we were brought together by uh, the guys at Sabio and seeing some of your work talked about by your colleague, Dr. Phoebe Asquith. And it's it's just great to see. It's a topic I know a lot of people are really interested in well-being in general but specifically this companion that you guys have put together that really focuses on the agent experience and supporting team leaders two topics very close to to my heart what where did it all start and in a nutshell what is it so what we're trying to do in a nutshell is bring a more of a data lens to the agent experience which sounds a bit dry but in within the contact center there's never been a shortage of data, I think it's fair to say, but I think there has been a shortage of data on agents and how they're feeling on, on the human experience. So we see this as like a, a thing that's going to evolve over time, but sort of stage one is capturing data on the agent experience. And once you have that data, you can use it in the operational decisions that you make on a sort of day-to-day, week-to-week basis. You can integrate it into maybe some of the operational management systems that you have. But really, phase one of the project almost is, can we capture agent sentiment in a way that is brings value to the agents themselves, but also brings value to team leaders, but, but does it in a respectful way? And does it in a way that, that really is there to help the human within the contact center? So those are all the types of things that we've been thinking about at Sabio over the last year and a half, I think almost. And then the net result of that is the Sabio Wellbeing Companion, which has just been launched. It's going to be on the Genesis App Foundry, I think in the next month, hopefully. It takes a bit of time for the wheels to turn to get to get that there. But it's also available across all platforms. It's not it's not a Genesis specific tool. And it's basically some chatbot technology that the agents can check in with ideally three or four times a week. They answer a few questions that take a couple of minutes. Um, and, uh, it's built on a model that has been developed over a number of years that enables effectively a wellbeing score to be generated off the back of those questions that are answered um, to get a slightly technical, it's a psychosocial model, which means it looks at environmental factors. Um, and one of the sort of core beliefs behind it is that whilst individuals can do a lot to affect their own resilience and wellbeing, the organization actually has a has a huge role to play in creating the right environment for people to be resilient. So just sort of shouting at somebody and saying, be more resilient. I'm not saying organizations do that now, but to sort of take it to an extreme to make a point that doesn't really, that isn't really that effective. Um, whereas if people feel supported and feel that they're in an environment where they can be their best selves, then they're much more likely to do, to do their best work. So the model is, looks at the environment, the environment basically. So what, what, what is the environment that the agent's operating in? And that might change over time. That'll change maybe in the morning to the afternoon to the evening. If there's different shifts going on, if there's different types of work happening, maybe if work's changed within the contact center, if it's more work's being done 
offline or being done through different channels and maybe not just voice. So there's all these factors. And what we're trying to do is capture how those factors are impacting agents. So once you have that base data, then we think there's a, there's, there's a lot you can do in terms of trying to improve the agent experience. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. I can't help but think what will be great to see just thinking about my own experiences, you know, we used to talk about how I, I was a keen agent. So I wanted to, once I realized it was, a, that I could have a good career, I wanted to progress. So I would say I was a mod, you know, whilst I was a bit, I would joke around a bit. I would say I was close to being the kind of agent you wanted, but I was still very different on the start of my shift versus the end of the week. You could even hear it in the call recordings and how I was talking to to customers. If we all, if we think about our industry and the constant changes and challenges that people are dealing with, let's say you're in the travel industry and when air traffic control had a the problem, agents, how they're, they're coping with a day's work, a, a time of crisis versus everything's tickety-boo are going to be very different. And then you're, the companion's going to enable them to reflect that if they interact with it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's built on some simple questions, but the questions actually all populate this psychosocial model that we've developed over the last few years. So the idea is that by answering questions for a couple of minutes, typically, so part, part of the opportunity with this and the challenge is we couldn't ask agents to, to answer 20 minutes of questions yeah. three or four times a day. That's just not going to work. And by the same token, and lots of organizations have actually done some really good work around just trying to gauge how agents are feeling with a happy face, sad face sort of thing. You can, there's all sorts of ways you can do that. You can actually have that via computer. You can have a, something that agents, you know, touch as they come in, like happy face yeah. out. So there's all sorts of ways of capturing that. And those are great, but we've, so we try to go a level beyond that, but also to do something that is something that agents want to use and it's not too onerous to use. So part of the, of the wellbeing companion functionality is actually based on the score that you generate at a given moment in time, it gives you a bit of micro learning, a sort of tip to say, well, have you maybe tried doing this or uh, here's, here's something to, to think about. And we can link that actually into an organization's well-being our um, employee assistance program uh, library as well, potentially. So we're trying to give something back to the agent in the moment. Mm. So from a team leader perspective, you can start to see trends over time based on the model. So a lot of the work that we do with organizations is actually, what does the model mean? And this isn't overly complicated, but it just, it provides a, almost like a lexicon of how, how you can start to talk about well-being. So we look at pressures and boosts they're the two things that are sort of two sides of the same coin if you're if you're under pressure that can be good up to a point but then it can maybe tip over and boosts are things within your environment that can actually support and help you and then we look at behaviors and emotions so you know what specific things can you do as an agent to improve your well-being and what specific behaviors are you, are you exhibiting so those dimensions break out into 27 dimensions overall. So the model itself is quite complicated under the covers, but the idea is to provide that simple means of in interaction for the agent, but also some simple 
uh, micro learning to come back. And also from a team leader or an organizational perspective, again, a, a simple way of, of understanding where a team or a group of teams or an organization even is at any given point in time, but then also what specific things you can do to change that in, in a positive way. So it's not just a dashboard with some numbers on, which can in, in and of itself be useful because it brings visibility. We've also worked really hard on the, on the, so what part of that. So if my team's got this trend type of trending score, what are the things that we can do and yeah, how, how can we change things? I love that kind of, it's not just about capturing where people are at, but even in the moment, giving people some tips or some practical things that maybe they can do to help, as you say, so you said they're called pressures and boosts, right? And just to give them a a boost. I think when we were getting to know each other, I told you about um, when I first became a team leader and bought a little whiteboard, stuck it on the door, got people's, all of my team members' names, put them on the magnetic kind of things that you stuck on the whiteboard and, and put it in half. So it's half and half. Half could be an unhappy, half would be happy. And said, look, when you come in for your shift, just tell, show me where you are visually. And my thinking was I would spend more of my initial time with the people that are reporting themselves to be unhappy. And, wh and what I found was it kind of showed me what I showed me that I still needed to learn more because once I exhausted my kind of talk to me, tell me what's going on, try to motivate, try to help. I was still stuck with the next day that person would still put themselves in that kind of negative state. So it showed me I needed to do more as a, more as a team leader. Um, but you, with this, you, you can have it linked to your company support mechanisms and knowledge libraries and that kind of thing. Is that right? Absolutely. And, and also you can set it up so that your individual scores aren't a, pri a personal and private to you if you want it to be like that. So the team leader can obviously see their team and how the score's trending over time, but it may be, and we've had some interesting discussions with, with customers about this. Some organizations are like, no, we want every, to know everyone's score and actually everyone will be happy with that. And other organizations are like, no, we totally get that, that the individual score should stay private. So we can work in either way, really. And it's a means of, of shining a light on the agent experience i think at the most basic level it's a way of it's not a silver bullet it's not something that's going to instantly completely solve everything in the contact center from a well-being perspective but it's certainly another data point and it's a data point that i think's been missing within the contact center and it's a way of just highlighting things and taking some gradual incremental steps to to improve things over time so we came, we came up with this sort of systematic well-being phrase uh, a few months ago. So it's trying to be a bit more geeky and systematic about well-being rather than just doing stuff and thinking, is this going to work or not? You can actually start to, to see what's working and, what, and what's not working over time and also elevate the human experience a bit more within some of the operational decisions that are made within the contact center, which I think is, is important and it's it's something that I think has a huge amount of opportunity to really to really do good. I think the other thing that we've maybe seen in terms of pushback is maybe some organisations don't want to 
don't want to elevate some of them because they're a bit frightened about what they'll find. But ultimately, if it's done in a respectful way and it's done in the right way with a view to to trying to drop, improve things, then I think it's 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 something that's that's hugely positive. Oh, I I couldn't agree more. It was lovely to hear you talking then about companies wanting to elevate both their understanding of the human element but also what they can then do with that to in to improve it and maybe it's like you said earlier something really stuck with me when you can say be more resilient or you go and go and read a book go and find something out that will better equip you to to do the job but then if the environment that you're in isn't conducive to that and doesn't support you in that you're kind of swimming against the current and doing using something like this i think as well thinking about being an agent or a team leader it really evidences investment in me investment in the my colleagues around me that there's there's a tool being put in place that is specifically designed to help me to take yeah. care of me to allow me to deal with the peaks and troughs that invariably come with our industry it, it's fascinating. Did you say as well that if people are interested in this, how would they, is, it's available now, yeah? It's available now, yeah. So what what's interesting is the way that we developed the tool. When we were developing the tools and I wish it like lift, lifting the little, little bit on the process, we, while the tool was being made relevant to the contact center, we did some consulting work around you know, benchmark your organizations and this is how you can find out where you are. And what we actually found was that organizations wanted just to get their hands on the tool and to start working with it themselves. So there's a mode of engagement with this where you can literally just get the tool into your environment, have a little bit of awareness training in terms of this is what this is, this is what this <laughs> isn't, this isn't about, this isn't monitoring people, this isn't Big Brother, this is there to help improve well-being within the organization and just a little, some basic things around the questions that we're ask, asking and why we're asking them, which can literally take half an hour. And then you can start using the tool and start to see the data that comes out. And you can run with that standalone as a sort of self-contained thing. And that will be fantastic. But also there's a number of sort of frameworks that we've developed that help you to leverage that, to help you think about where you are as an organization and where you want to get to. So things that look at the the individual employee experience and how that might change over time, but also from a from an organizational perspective, creating a culture of care and what that looks like and and how, how you can maybe do that. So there is a there is a consulting piece that sits alongside this. And I think probably a, how this has evolved actually over the last six to eight months is that we've been We've been less focused on the consulting side, I think, because that was there and it's, it's, it's some organizations want to engage like that, but also we've realized that some organizations actually want just to get the technology and to work with it and to see what comes out and to get support once they've actually got some data that they, that they can, that they can work with. And it, it really sits across three levels. So there's the agent experience, the agents can use it, the agents get the micro learning back, the agents can see their score changing over time. They can interact with other people in their team. They can share that information if they want to. So that's something else we've found that we thought initially people won't want to share this information, but actually what we found was that individuals, if they've got a mate at work, it's actually quite helpful to say, oh, I know my score's changed you know, in this way over the last sort of three or four weeks. And 
felt, you know, can you say that, that was a bit of an aha moment, but then from a team leader perspective, there's what does this information mean and what specific things can I do within my team to maybe, I don't know, have better conversations or to support well-being my team in a certain way. So there's a whole sort of team and team leader suite of training that we've, that we've developed. And then from an organizational perspective, there's how are we tracking in terms of our well-being strategy? So that's another dimension to this, which is all organizations have a well-being strategy now. Actually, this data can be a really interesting addition to that. So it can, it can add some real color to some often some great things that the organization is doing because it really tracks the agent experience as it's happening over time. And surveys are great. Wellbeing surveys are fantastic, but often they're every six months sometimes, or maybe every quarter at best, but they're a moment in time. They're how you feel as you're filling that survey out. This is something that you, you're answering some simple questions multiple times a week at different times of the day, hopefully. And it really gives a, just a, another level of sort of granularity. How long have you had people using this then to help you kind of develop it, like your guinea pigs? Yeah, so we had, not in a contact center perspective, we had a number of years of sort of companies using this of different sizes. So within a contact center, we've had a number of sort of key savvy customers who've been, who've been sort of helping us trial this and put this together. So the, the product's actually just been released. So we're in the, we're in the early access phase of, you know, looking for organizations to get involved and to sort of take, take the technology on. So we're still at a very early stage in terms of the contact center. And yeah, as I said, that it's, it's, it's a journey. I think you can, you can take the journey at different levels and you can, you can just take, take the wellbeing companion, use it, see for yourself what data's coming out and just, you know, run with it. Or you can, there's certainly a more, more involved train of events that you could, that you can do over time as well. If that makes sense. Please. Thanks for listening to Get Out of Rap. This episode is made possible by my friends at Sabio. Yes, but you so but you've had people using it long enough. Because one of the questions I was going to ask is you mentioned surveys, and I think anyone that's been involved in our industry will know, you know what, they're great things, but I've seen agents kind of go, Oh, another survey. You with the companion, have you been doing it long enough to see the kind of interaction with it from an agent point of view has that remained constant and how do you do that how do you keep people going i'm still going to keep answering this is it because they see the value that they're getting back and that their the data is helpful or are you doing any things in conjunction with that to kind of keep it something that they want to interact with so that's a, that's a really good a really good question i think it, it comes down to it becoming part of the sort of way that work is done uh, within a, a team or within a, within a contact center. And it's something that when it's, when it works really well, that people, the team leaders talk about on a, on a regular basis, it becomes part yeah. of the sort of team get togethers and looking at the scores and how they've maybe changed and maybe why they've changed. And ultimately people start to see changes within their day-to-day -day working life. So if, if suddenly the way that, I don't know, breaks are managed or the way that works distributed or the way that 
trainings done perhaps or the way that support's given there's all these different things that can happen to actually make the environment better place to work for the human if people start to see change then they're much they're much more likely to stay and, in, and carry on engaging with the yeah. the tool but the the idea is that if you roll out across say 200 agents or 500 agents then you don't need every single agent to use it every single day to get valuable data so that's another thing of if it's if it's widely rolled out then you you can it, it enables you to get sort of smaller samples of data from 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 an individual but where we've seen it work really well or typically people would log into it two or three times a week so it's not something you necessarily need to to log into every day and if you introduce it as part of the operational cadence then that's that's the best way for it to work mm-hmm. then tools like from genesis you can you can schedule a well-being update potentially so you can actually go in and block out five minutes different times of the day we actually do do that check-in so that that can work really well but obviously not all organizations have capability to do that with their technology so it just it comes down to i think i think the team leaders actually have a really important role to play in this if if they take it seriously and they are interested in it and if they use the what comes out of the tool within their sort of team meetings then it's it's going to be a success if it's if it's not if if it's sort of just viewed as oh it's just something else we've got to do <laughs> probably we haven't done our job right in terms of teeing mm. it up in the right way mm. um, but yeah so it's it needs to become part of the sort of fabric of how how things are done and it doesn't have to be a big onerous thing either no i think um, about like in our own personal lives you know where whether it is your your a wearable bit of tech that you use to monitor your steps or or something like that when you can see i think we all we all we all like things like that we're all fascinated by it and we when you start to see the benefits you're like oh great now i'm gonna now i'm gonna try for this so i absolutely get that it's interesting as well that you mention breaks and when things are being scheduled and and that kind of thing because the amount of data then that you're capturing, how is that being, are you, are you, can people use that from a WFM point of view? So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. This is sort of stage two of what we want to do with, with the tool really. So there is tremendous amount of data available from a, from a scheduling, from an op- operational perspective, being able to hook in the wellbeing score that comes out of the wellbeing companion into some of those decisions, I think incredibly powerful we've been talking with a number of different vendors around doing that and as more data becomes available and it actually becomes easier to access that data as well so things like generative ai make it easier for maybe a team leader to query in real you know in real natural language you know tell me what's happening there seem to be a drop off in performance at this whatever typing stuff in and and actually the, the pool of data that is able to give those answers becomes so much richer if you if you're able to have that aging experience as, as, as part of that so being able to see the impact of doing things on the aging experience is something to my mind has been a bit of a missing piece of the jigsaw so being able to have that view and then being able to see well actually if we implement this way of people being able to take breaks or being able to uh, have flexibility over when they start their shifts or being able to 
you know, we're moving work around in this way so that people aren't doing this type of work consecutively. Let's intersperse with this other type of work. You can, rather than thinking, well, we think that's going to be better for people. You can actually see in a more, you can see more data centric lens of, okay, well, what, what's actually happened? What's, you know, how's that impacted people? Which I think well, is I, really powerful. Some, something you said earlier as well, which means people are going to be making decisions based on what they know of the well-being of either a population, a group, or on an individual level, where they're at from a, a well-being point of view, S straight away moving us on from you're just a number, you know, you, you're 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 a resource. Well, actually, you're you're not just a resource. We acknowledge you're a human being who is going to be on a fluctuating well-being kind of score yeah. wherever possible we're going to try and help make the environment one where you can thrive based on all of this data instantly moves you away from this kind of transactional organization you are kind of you know cannon fodder taking the bullets from the customers on the front line to we we value you as a human being Absolutely. So it's, um, and where that's particularly, I think, pertinent is if, as work maybe goes more remote, so you're not all together in the same room as you maybe were five or 10 years ago, you're able to get data that maybe in 10 years ago, you would walk in, as you were saying to me, Martin, you'd walk in and you'd, you'd be able to take the temperature check of the room and who's. I wish that was 10 years ago. Or however well, many like years 20. ago, <laughs> 20 years ago, but whereas it's harder to do that now, potentially, if people are working different, having more flexibility, which by the way, I think is a great thing. So there's that, there's that view, but there's also where work is changing and where, where we're asking human beings to do different work within the contact center, maybe work's coming tougher to do those cases that are maybe more emotionally draining or just more complicated depending on the, on the circumstances that can't be handled by automation or by AI, but it's going to get tougher and tougher on the, on the human, I think over, over time. So again, that's where taking care of those resources, those human beings is going to become even, even more important. Yeah. Oh, I, this, this for me, I think is amazing because we very rarely, I think, talk about the fact that our frontline colleagues it's only a few and you know very few places where customers are interacting with them over something positive so all of my time on the phone was spent with dealing with customers who either didn't want what you were talking about or were calling to help you solve a problem or express disappointment or there you know there was a query these weren't positive mini interactions and that was draining you know like i said at the outset i was kind of a very positive agent but you are still kind of a bit browbeaten at the end of a hundred calls of people being really annoyed or there's a problem with their service and yeah you can get a little dopamine hit of fixing it but then instantly you're dealing with somebody else who they don't open up their calls do they saying oh hi martin how are you you having a nice day? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. 
absolutely. And like I said up front, I think this is this isn't a silver bullet either. We're not saying yeah. that if you use the wellbeing companion magically, everything will be perfect. But what we're trying to do is bring a different data set to be a bit geeky about it to the to the equation, so you can start to over time understand how the agent experience is 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 being impacted and make often it's the small changes that happen over time that can really make a big difference and you know rather than going in and doing a, a huge well-being initiative that is going to do loads of things it's about actually well let's let's use some data on the agent experience that we didn't have before and let's just incrementally tweak and change things and over time you can find that you can make a massive difference to people's well-being you know which is good for the contact center it's good for the customers it's overall a, a hugely positive thing to do yeah it's brilliant and you've mentioned phases one and two what what do phases like kind of three and four look like or can you not uh, say well no uh, so there's there's sort of two i think there's two key areas that we're looking at firstly is how can you augment the data that you get from the agent with other data sources so that's where the wfm or the you know, what, what's happening in your, what data can you get from your contact center system to show what's happening within your operation and how, how does that compare with the data that you're getting on the agent experience from the wellbeing companion? So that's one area of sort of research. The other area is how, how else can you capture the agent experience? So uh, the, the wellbeing companion is very powerful, but it does rely on agents answering some questions and. I think, as you said, maybe, you know, maybe that might drop off over time. You've got to keep, keep that current and keep, so what other ways can we get that agent experience? So maybe some of the technology that we might use in a quality perspective from a voice analytics perspective, you could, rather than looking at the customer sentiment from analyzing a particular call, you could look at how the agent's been impacted. So once you have an underlying model of agent wellbeing, which is what we've developed, then you can populate that model in different ways. So you could have a, a situation where you're able to, with the agent's consent, look at capturing agent sentiment and populating the model without necessarily having to fill out something by the world me companion. It could just come from certain words that the agent's using in their calls, or if there's lots of ums and ahs, it could be that there might be a training issue. If there's lots of pauses, that could mean something. So. We've been having some very interesting discussions with some of Sabio's sort of key technology partners on how we can, how we can use that type of data, which I think traditionally has been used more in a quality or automated quality management perspective, which has huge value, but you can start to use that same, those, those same techniques, if you like, to populate a model of wellbeing. So that is definitely another really exciting area that we could go with this where you might have a combination of people using the wellbeing companion data that we're getting from actually the calls themselves and that, that score being used to, you know, with other data that exists within the contact center to start to drive this, this sort of systematic wellbeing uh, model. That's fascinating. That's right. Cause any person who spent any length of time in operations, and as I said, again, early on will know that the amount of calls you listen to and you can you know i for me i sounded like could sound like two different people 
the ability to look at things like that and go, right, this call here embodies Martin at his best. So what was going on then? When was it? When did it happen? What was the customer type? Where was, what was his preceding three days look like? Yeah. What shift was he on? And also then looking at, well, look here, new, maybe there's a new service and he sounds hesitant and, or the, the pitch and tone of the conversation is pretty flat. What's going on? How do we factor all of this in, into decisions to enable him to operate at a optimum level? Customer benefits, he benefits. I think, yeah, that, that must be fascinating to see that layered upon the data being used in, in that way is exciting it's really exciting yeah so we're we're actively looking now for organizations to come and be part of this early access program so there's a window of opportunity between now and the end of the year to to be part of that and you know there's a huge amount of resource that we're putting behind that and yeah it's it's a it's a fantastic opportunity to to try the technology out and for us to really within sabio to leverage some of our our expertise and our consulting expertise, because one of the great things from a Savio perspective is not only do we have that well-being expertise, we have great WFM expertise, we have great expertise in platforms like Genesis and Verant, and so I think we can bring that all together to really help organisations find that sweet spot between driving high performance, which everybody wants to do, but also doing that in a way that's sustainable and where the heat the human experience is, is being protected and we, you know, we passionately believe you can have high performance and a culture of care. And actually those two things work, work really well together. And often it's about, as like I say, finding that sweet spot between things that might improve the, the efficiency of the operation, but also things that are going to help create an environment where people can be their best selves. So it's, it's about finding that, finding that sweet spot. If that makes sense. If there are people listening that go, oh, we, I think we'd love to be part of that. How do they go about that? The best thing to do is probably just to drop, drop me an email. So nigel.winship at sabiogroup.com. So yeah, just drop, drop, drop me a line. Probably the, the I didn't fastest, want to volunteer you. The fastest, but yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, yeah, obviously we'd, we'd be delighted to have a, have a conversation, show you a little bit of what's been built. Like I said, it's applicable across most technology sets, really. It works work as a the well-being companion itself can exist in a, in a web browser but also if you are a genesis customer for example you, it's nicely integrated into the agent desktop and it's available on the app foundry so yeah it's it's something that that we're really excited about and yeah we think it's gonna gonna definitely move the dial for organizations well look nigel this is great work you're you're doing uh, i wish you all great success and all the best going forward. Thank you so much for coming on, get out a wrap and sharing where you're at with it. And I'm sure you are going to get quite a few emails. Thanks, Martin. Thanks for the opportunity, Martin. It's been great fun talking about it with you. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. No problem. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Thank you for listening. And thanks very much for Nigel coming on and giving us his time. I found that fascinating. Thank you again for supporting everything that Get Out A Wrap does and take care of yourselves. See you soon.